Hello. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, and Apple Podcasts. For network or show information, visit ByteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is patient Lee Tomlinson. He is the author of Compassion Heals from Self-Care to Healthcare. The life mission of Lee Tomlinson, also known as Patient Lee, is to inspire healthcare professionals to return compassionate care to its rightful place at the forefront of modern healthcare to benefit patients, their families, the bottom line, and perhaps most importantly, their often suffering, quote, burned out selves. Finding this mission wasn't even remotely easy. Award-winning television producer, movie studio executive and owner, former professional athlete, speaker, and TED Talk presenter, Patient Lee is alive today due to the combination of a lifetime of extraordinarily effective medical treatment and deeply kind, compassionate care. Unfortunately, during a recent battle with stage 3-plus throat cancer, Patient Lee became painfully aware of the trauma caused by treatment lacking in compassion that drove him to the darkest of depths. What saved him from suicide was a tiny, simple, yet powerful act of compassion delivered by a loving doctor and friend. With his renewed zeal for life and a newfound purpose, Patient Lee created the Compassion Heals Movement. This movement is designed to reconnect America's 20 million healthcare professionals with the compassion that got them into the healthcare industry in the first place. Then, do whatever is necessary to prevent the burnout that affects over 60% of these vital caretakers, rendering them unable to provide compassion to their patients themselves or anyone else. And finally, once healed of their own distress, to reignite these dedicated professionals and inspire them to redouble their efforts in providing even more compassion than before, all to better heal their patients and the world. Lee has already told his story on more than 200 stages around the world, wearing nothing but a hospital gown, presented with his unique mixture of humor, compassion, urgency, encouragement, and call to action. Patient Lee is making a difference in restoring compassion to healthcare and to the world at large. For more information, you can visit his website, which is leetomlinson.com. Okay, everyone, I would like to go ahead and welcome Lee to the show. Good day, Lee. It is a good day, and given my medical history, uh, every day above ground is a very good day. <laughs> so thank you for having me, and yeah. I'm really glad I can be here. It's my pleasure. I'm really happy to chat with you because you have a, a really um, 
a wonderful story and, and something that's uh, some wonderful ways for people to help themselves and help others around them. So first of all, um, let's, yes. let's start with, I gave in the, in the introduction, I gave a little bit about um, the uh, what, what happened to you years ago as far as um, the, the experience that kind of shook, you know, your life as far as um, the, the compassion that you received from a good friend and doctor. So would you mind sharing with the listeners um, about that period of time, you know, what was kind of happening up to that point and what kind of happened shortly thereafter? Well, sure. Um, so um, I've had a I've had a great life. I just turned seventy two, which in and of itself is miraculous, uh, given all of my medical interventions. But due to an addiction to adrenaline, I've been hospitalized in six different countries, broken over a dozen bones. I've had my thumb pulled off. I've had toes amputated. I've had more infections and infectious diseases than you can remotely imagine. Um, and looking back at all of those, I would have to say that um, not only was I obviously treated competently medically, I mean, I'm still alive, um, but looking back, I also realized that I was also felt very safe, heard, appreciated, respected, um, and so it was both compassionate and competent until – on uh, June 23, 2012, but who's counting, um, I went in to see my ENT for a simple allergy test so that I could um, breathe again and see again and play in the state golf championships up at Pebble Beach. And I walked out three hours later with a diagnosis of advanced stage three, stage four throat cancer. Now, Walking into her office, um, I was an ex-professional athlete, uh, world-class tennis player, world-ranked tennis player, um, marathon runner, mountain climber. I mean, I was, never drank, never smoked. Uh, it was ridiculous to think that I had throat cancer. I mean, I just met none of the criteria, but it was true. And uh, even though I thought I was a tough guy with all of those medical interventions, cancer kicked my butt. <laughs> no joke. At the end of it, after three months of chemo and 35 straight days of blasts of radiation to the edge of my, or the bottom of my tongue, where the tumor was, left me literally living in 15-minute increments. And to make matters worse, I was hospitalized with an unidentifiable, potentially fatal septic infection at the site of my port, which is how they were putting nutrients into me because I couldn't swallow anymore and I couldn't speak really. It was very painful to do both. So I was living in 15-minute increments. And so now I'm dying of cancer, um, no indications otherwise. I'm now dying of an infection I can't even identify. My business is going down the tubes because I can't work, can't speak, can't do anything. Um my marriage is on the rocks because when I'm in excruciating pain, apparently I'm a jerk and I (laughs) was to her. And so Uh I was, I was literally just trying to make it through. If there ever was a time when I could have used just some simple human kindness from the staff at that hospital, it was then I got zero. And I, Mm -hmm. at that moment when they treated me so badly over the course of 10 days, 
I thought, these are people that I put my life in their hands. And if they think I'm a burden, they must be right because I've given them the power of life and death over me. And so I decided the world would be a better place without me. I would put on enough fentanyl patches. I had unlimited amounts of them to try and dull the pace and uh, leave this earth and rid it of the baggage I had become. And that's exactly what I planned to do. Got out of the hospital, uh, went home, but I needed to know how many patches to put on. You put too many, a suicide, can't collect the insurance from my family. Uh, put too few, and I, I end up as a, in a coma, and now I'm a bigger burden. So I had to know how many patches. And I sat down with a very famous uh, radio host, uh, former radio host called Dr. Dean Adele, um, good pal. And I croaked out to him what I was thinking, why I was thinking, and all of that. And he sat down next to me, put his hand on my arm. And when I stopped to gain my breath, he said, Lee, please accept my apology from all of medicine, passion you didn't get while you were in this hospital. He said, I'm mortified, I'm horrified, and there's no excuse for it. He said, so please accept my apology. And then he said, but may I make a suggestion? I mean, the guy had the courtesy to ask my permission if he could give a suggestion. I mean, how respectful. Mm -hmm. I said, sure, Dean. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, if you do yourself in, you'll just be another statistic of somebody who's been damaged by the lack of compassion in healthcare. Rather than doing that, how about you fight? And if you're lucky enough to survive, why don't you spend your life advocating for more compassion for patients because of its immense healing powers? And why don't you make something out of this experience? And in that moment, the fact that this man thought I could make a difference with healthcare workers for more compassion for their patients, more compassion for themselves, gave me the will and the power to fight and live. And it's why I'm alive today. That whole conversation took five minutes. That is the power I discovered that I, of compassionate healing that was not present in that hospital. And that's when I formed the Compassion Heals Movement to do just that, advocate for more compassion for patients, more compassion for the far too frequently burned out professionals who treat them, and to benefit the world in general. And that's what I've been doing since June 23rd, 2012 at 1028 a.m. Um, is doing exactly <laughs> that. I've done a couple of hundred hmm. keynotes around the world. My book just came out, Compassion Heals. Uh, and we're working on a feature-length documentary um, to highlight the scientific benefits of compassion, which are immense, um, yeah. and hopefully inspire people to be more so. Oh, that, so that's, uh, so that's sort of how that. I ended up here today. <laughs> That's great, and I'm so glad that you are here with us. I can't Thank believe all of, all of that stuff that you've gone through, but um, but it's wonderful because it's it's a wonderful message, you know, a wonderful message for you know people who um, are at that particularly rough point in in life. Um, so, uh, why do you? Uh, let me just you know you mentioned you know about the the movement, um, compassion heals movement. 
Um, And its mission is to, um, I believe, work with healthcare professionals. So um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, I mean, you you mentioned burnout. I mean, right now healthcare professionals are just, oh, my God, you know, yeah, they're just under so much um, weight. Um, So can you talk a little bit about, you know, your your movement and and in the current state as as you see it of of, uh, professionals? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, first of all, um, you got to know that despite that experience in that hospital, <laughs> I love my doctors, my nurses, my phlebotomists, my mm-hmm. pharmacists. My, I'm alive today because of them. But one of the things when I well, was trying to under what's that? Well, I was just going to say, you know, that's the one thing too is, is that you're, you're, we're not talking about, you know, we're not talking bad about any of the health. No, we're talking about just. No. we're just talking about. No. You're talking about just tap, reconnecting to that compassion that yeah. drove them or that yeah. led them into the industry. So yeah. I just wanted to make sure. So it's really that's what you're trying yeah. to. Yeah. Well, and I just wanted them to know that, you know, I bowed down to them. And I realized as I began to study this topic of compassion in healthcare that uh, Dean Adele had referred to, is I discovered that 60%, pre COVID, 60% of healthcare professionals burn out. And um, doctors have the highest suicide rate. Nurses are the second most unhappy profession in America. Why? Think about it. Do you ever go to the hospital and want to stay there for eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours every single day dealing with sick, dying, suffering, unhappy, uh, horribly in pain human beings? I don't. And they do it anyway. And when you combine that innate, immense, Compassion, defined as a person who feels the pain of others and is moved to do something to remove that pain. That's the definition of compassion, and it describes healthcare professionals to a T. Problem is that because they're so dedicated to helping others, they forget one crucial thing. Compassion has to start with them. Patient mm-hmm. comes second. If, as a healthcare professional, you're not at your very best mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual self, when you burn out, you are incapable of being that compassionate person that you were when you got into medicine. You are literally depriving your patients of an element of healing that has been deemed to be must be integral to the best, quickest, longest lasting outcomes. They must, people must be treated in a compassionate environment. So my message to the professionals is you need to love you first. I know you love us, but when you give too much and you become emotionally numb and burned out, You'll kill you, and I speak experience of burnout. I was as burned out a person as you ever met when I went to that doctor's appointment for the allergy medicine. But you kill you, you kill your colleagues, 
You kill your family. You kill your friends. Oh, and by the way, you kill your patients. That's not who you are. And so I try to inspire, kind of wake them up to that reality and realize that self-care, self-compassion is not selfish. It's not a luxury. It is an absolute necessity. So that's really pretty much my message is I love you. Um, I need you. And I need you healthy so that we can both, you can be, um, uh, you can get the pleasure of relieving my pain and I can have you relieve my pain and trust that you're going to do everything in your power to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, it is, it is, it's so important, you know, that, um, that self-care, you know, because the, uh, the energy that they, you know, put, you know, with their patients um, is just the, the quality is really dependent on that compassionate perspective. Um, and now, do you think that You're right. what, what, what do you, what would you say, what would suggestions would you give to those healthcare um, professionals right now? that are in that burnout mode. I mean that, you know, and, and recognizing that we yeah. they have systems that they have to kind of work with. Well, yeah, they do, except, um, again, what I would tell them is this. When you burn, first of all, if you're burned out, you have to admit it. You have to admit mm-hmm. it. And for people in healthcare who are very, strong human beings. I mean that in the best possible sense. I mean, they got more brains and stomachs than I'll ever have. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to be a doctor or a nurse, but I literally didn't have the brains or the stomach for it. Truly, no joke. Um, you know, I would tell them, look, your well-being is what determines mine. And so you have to take care of yourself. There is no nobility when you burn out and you kill yourself and then kill us. So I would say, number one, admit the fact you're burned out. It's no big deal. Just be honest about it because then you can take action. And so number two, get help. There are support groups. There are psychologists and psychiatrists. There are, there's information, there, there are any number of people that can help you deal with the suffering, um, mental and emotional and spiritual, that goes along with uh, burnout. And then I would say, without going into a huge amount of detail, is you need to get, no matter what it takes, if you want the best outcomes for your patients, which I know they do, you have to get your sleep. You have to start to exercise to get in shape. You have to eat well. And over and above that, get help, get psychological help. It is a big, big problem, and you are best served to get help. You know, it's no shame in getting help. You don't have to know everything about everything. Um, 
And then a couple of things that I did that were very helpful was I volunteered a lot. One of the coolest scientifically proven facts about compassion is, is that it has immense physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual benefits for the person you give it to. Now, that's not surprising. You do a kind act for a human being, they're going to feel good. Sometimes, if they haven't had it in a while, they're going to feel great. But regardless, mm-hmm. it's, it's, up, it's upbeat for them. Well, the same, here's the miracle. The exact same benefit is true for them. Instead of giving less, forget about work for a minute. Go out and give a dollar to a homeless person and, or five, whatever and see how that brings their spirit up. Help somebody um, open a door with packages. Um, volunteer at your local soup kitchen. When you start giving little, tiny, itty-bitty uh, acts of kindness, not only does it heal the people you speak to, it also heals you. So one of my instructions is that I found incredibly helpful. My shrink said, okay, every day for 30 days, you do one kind act a day and write them down. And after 30 days, I am telling you, my mental state was extraordinarily improved from the simple joy of those 30 kind acts. It is back and forth a two-way street. That's miraculous. Yeah, so yeah, that's, it's really important. That I would suggest. Yeah, yeah that's a that's wonderful. I mean, you know, and it's just so um, important to recognize that the the effect of compassion it affects the giver and the receiver you know, equally, and that um, you know exactly. it's, it's important to. Yeah, it's so. So for for those people who want to be selfish and help themselves, like go out and help someone else, and you're gonna yes. help yourself. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's um, an old saying. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. But there's an old saying: if you want to make somebody happy, be kind. If you want to be happy, be kind. And it's true. Yeah. So literally, your kind act. I mean, there's a story about a fellow. It's a crushing story, but he wrote a suicide note and said, I'm going to walk to the bridge and jump. I've had it. Unless one stranger smiles at me during my walk. They found his body the next day. He walked mm. all the way to the bridge. And one can guess he saw any number of people. And not one made eye contact and gave him a little head nod or a little smile. Now, how long does that take? There are people, particularly during COVID, who are so disconnected from other human beings, which is literally a DNA. It's in our DNA. It is a necessity that we have that connection. And so when we don't get it, we go crazy. And if you've already been that way before COVID, now you're even worse. So a simple human connection like a nod, a hello, you know, a tap on, you know, touch your hat, whatever, literally could have been life-saving in that instance. Will all um, compassionate acts be life-saving? No. 
but they will absolutely be life-enhancing for the person who got it and for you because it reminds you of what a good human being you are, and that feels good. Yeah. Simple stuff, yeah. Well, you know, powerful, yeah. powerful. I was just going to say, yeah, that that is very, you know, I mean, the ability to to brighten someone's day. Now, I live in a neighborhood where I, I go on a walk every morning for a couple miles, and and I will run across you know a dozen to two dozen people in you know d- during that period, but every single one will wave or say hi or good morning, how y'all? Really? <laughs> I want to move y'all doing? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not everyone. Not everyone does it. I mean, not you know. I mean, I you know, if, if someone uh, you know doesn't uh, beat me too, saying hello, I'll you know initiate uh, a good morning, and um, yeah. not everyone responds, which is fine, you know. But um, nonetheless, um, I have noticed over a period of time there have been who were non-responders who eventually became a responder. Yes. you know, and then you yes. know, so. Um, so that's the kind of thing that... But that's, uh, but that's, a, but that's a healing. Think about that. Yeah. Your persistence of trying to connect with them for the simple pleasure of human connection and see, feeling seen and heard for yourself and for them, you've literally taken some of their fear, some of their suffering, and because of your attempts, You've erased enough of it to where they're now willing and able to respond equally kindly. That's a miracle. That's yeah, a I, 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 How do you know that one of those people wasn't walking yeah. to a bridge to jump off? You don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and many times it's you know people. Many times people are deep in thought too. So I mean, it's you know it's one of those things where, and you know, um, you, you just never know what what's going on with someone. And I, you know, and it's usually by the end of the walk, then I'll have you know smile and said hi, and you know that gets my day going off, you know, you yeah. know in a nice way. So, yeah. Um, but yep. yeah, but but patiently, we are about halfway through the show. So I want to take just wow. a quick break. That was fast. And I uh, know it is going fast. Um, I want to take a break, and I do want to invite listeners, if they want to call in and ask any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. Um, and then when we Wait. come back from break, Lee, um, I want to talk more about the Compassion Heals movement, exactly what it is, Good. how people can get involved, and in, in the services, okay? Okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms 
by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today my special guest is patient Lee Tomlinson, and we are talking about his work as well as his new book, Compassion Heals, From Self-Care to Healthcare. Okay, Lee, so the... After the June 23rd, 12, 2012 um, time period, and you started the Compassion Heals movement. So can you tell us exactly what the movement is and mm-hmm. how, do, how does it support you know, people? Yeah. Um, well, so as I was recovering from my treatment, and i got to say it took me about a year and a half before I could actually even speak, uh, let alone swallow. I, I literally had to learn. I literally had to learn how to swallow again because I used to not swallow for hours at a time because it was too excruciating. It's like swallowing broken glass. But I made the commitment uh, at uh, Dean Adele's suggestion to start this movement, and the first thing was um, I got to tell people my story. Well, that means I got to speak to them. Well, okay, that's great. How do I do that? I mean, it was never something I'd ever done before. So I fortunately had a friend who um, knew the president of Johns Hopkins um, Hospital, and that was my very first post-cancer keynote address uh, in Maryland. And from that, I got a call one day from Eli Lilly and company, somebody in that uh, presentation I'd done at Johns Hopkins, told them about it, and they said, hey, we're doing a TED Talk. Would you like to open the show for us. So all of a sudden I had those two organizations. And since then, uh, one thing's led to another. And I've done over 200 keynotes all over the world to every imaginable type of healthcare professionals. So that's one way. But not too long ago, someone said, Lee, um, literally they wrote this in a review which was every medical and nursing student ought to hear Lee's talk. And literally, she wrote this. She said, no, every healthcare professional should hear his talk. And so then it became my goal to reach all 22 million healthcare workers. Why not? Until someone said, uh, Lee, uh, do the math. I don't care if you do four or 5,000 people in your audience. <laughs> you're never going to get to 22 million. Like, duh, right. how stupid is that? Of course not. They said, you got to write a book. So I wrote a book, and it literally, during COVID, allowed me to finish it, and it just got published. It's called Compassion Heals from Self-Care to Healthcare. So that was my second way of reaching more uh, people, and not just healthcare professionals, but Compassion Heals everybody. You know, we're more aware of its absence when we're in dire pain in a hospital, but Everybody's got pain. Everybody's got loss and grief and suffering. So compassion is the ultimate healer 
of your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual costs nothing. And it absolutely works and can mean the difference between life and death. So that's two things. And then thirdly, somebody said, books greatly. Your speaking is fabulous. You're still not going to reach 22 million people. Okay. Now, in my past life, uh, I was a movie studio owner, um, Mm -hmm. partner. Uh, I built Albuquerque Studios. We owned a very famous studio in Los Angeles. I produced a decade of television shows for CBS and the American Film Institute, primetime specials, blah, 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 blah. They said, you got to go back, which I did not want to do. you got to go back to that Hollywood background, and you've got to make a documentary on the heart, science, and business of compassion so that you can reach those 22 million and everybody else in the world who right now, especially during and after COVID, desperately needs the compassionate connection that we are genetically bred to react to and to need to survive. Um, so that's really what we've been doing. We're, we're putting together a group of um, corporate partners to fund it and distribute mm-hmm. it. And our goal is, is to make it and distribute it to every single healthcare organization in America for free. So that right. if they can't get me to come and speak to them, and if they can't get a book to give the people to read, they're going to have the documentary to deliver basically the same message. So yeah. that's really kind of what we've been doing since then, and it's working. Um, you know, it's really <laughs> tough recently because of COVID, but the message is very well received by healthcare professionals. Um, um, as well as their colleagues, as well as the administrators and presidents and CEOs of organizations that truly care about not only the treatment, but the care that their patients and staff get um, as, composed, as opposed to some that don't. There are some organizations yeah. that truly don't. There's profit over, profit over patients, and that is inexcusable. No offense. Yeah, they still made. Now, those weren't bad people. Yeah. They're all burned out. But yeah. they've got to yeah. have an organization behind them that values them like they want them to value their patients. And those kind yeah. of cultures are relatively rare. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, just in the news a day or two ago about the 75 doctors from Florida hospitals that walked out, in protest and saying that we're exhausted, you know, I mean, yep. you yep. you have yep. to really be at a wit's end to be a doctor to take that kind of stand. I mean, because I would tend to yes. think that doctors would shy away from that kind of demonstration of frustration no or, or, you know, but, but I would think that that, you know, so anyway, to me, you know, when that happened, I thought, boy, I mean, it must be deadly serious for for them. Well, and that's exactly the right word. I mean, I couldn't have said it, but it is deadly serious. And they realize that you can't do everything for everybody. And um, when you consider the level of burnout that occurs, and as a function of burnout, 
there's little things aside from, you know, emotional numbness, little things like um, angry all the time, frustrated, impatient, rude, um, uh, addiction. And again, doctors have the highest suicide rate of any profession in America today. Every year, Mm. 500 plus doctors commit suicide. There's already a shortage of doctors. So why do they do that? (laughs) Because they don't take care of themselves. You know, they're too giving, and that ultimately is deadly. And the organizations in which they work don't create a compassionate environment that looks after them, and they have to go outside the hospital and protest. Guys, you're killing us. When we're dead, you've got no doctors. So all of yeah, the patients yeah. are going to suffer. You know, if we need to put two or three or ten on the back burner, we hate doing that. But let's be clear. Yeah. If those doctors die or are burned out, their medical errors go through the roof, including fatal ones. Yeah. And right, right. they provide no compassion to their patients. They're killing them. That's yeah. not okay. Yeah. No, no, it's not okay for, for the patient or the doctor. I mean, the doctor should have uh, the right to be able to live, you know, a, a healthy life, you know, or, or happy. I mean, even though they're, you not know, only they're, the right. it's stressed and that kind of thing, but but it, it's kind of like they have to they have that right too. But I think, like you say, many um, choose the profession to be, you know, providers rather than receivers. Yes. You know, or, yes. you know, accept yes. yeah, Exactly right. Well said. I mean, these are people who are literally willing to kill themselves for the good of money. Right. But that's not the best solution. And they need to have administration behind them, which recognizes yeah. their immense value in the healing proposition and says, okay, probably some patients aren't going to get everything they want as quickly as we would wish. But in the Mm -hmm. longer term, if we don't take care of you men and women, doctors, nurses, administrators, everybody plays a part in it, then we're ultimately doing far more damage to our patients than delaying them slightly so that you can get the rest and the food and the help that you need to be your most competent and compassionate self. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, now you, you kind of touched on the idea that really compassion, you know, goes so much further beyond, you know, just the, the healthcare um, industry. Yes. And, and, and yes. per, so um, granted that would, was a focus, but let's, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I kind of want to just look Get uh, your opinion on, on a broader scale. Like you know, during this pandemic that we've been going through, there you know there are the, the people who are rushing to get vaccinated and those who are just you're know, running far away. Um, yep. So yeah, I think my to me um, I have difficulty, you know, um, with someone who could care less if they get it or give it, you know, even to yeah. loved ones. To me that to me that I just 
it, it just does not compute for me. So can you yep. maybe enlighten me a little bit on, on, you know, what we're seeing and maybe how to, you know, if we have someone yeah. like that in our life or surrounding us, how do we, what would be a good way to approach from a compassionate Great question. Holy cow. I've done a lot of interviews. i got to tell you something. That's one of the best questions I've ever been asked. So well done. So this is an interesting answer. Remember, the simple truth is hurt people hurt people. Mm. Nobody goes into a mall with six rifles and starts shooting people who isn't in excruciating pain feeling unseen, unheard, unappreciated, unacknowledged. They're in horrible, horrible pain. Happy people never do that. So, Mm. look, there are always going to be people who've never learned how to deal with or remove the pain from past experiences. But compassion requires that we look deeply within ourselves, find what pains us, and never, ever, ever take it out on somebody else. That is the goal. We all have pain. The question is, will we deal with it effectively and not kill others? Or will we be that horrible being that we see so much going on in the world today. So, number one, it's a commitment. Number two, what those people need that are being, shall we say, I don't think about the words, I don't want to be rude. (laughs) The non-believers, we we can either, um, again, I would physically avoid them, but they still deserve, they're in great pain. They're scared too. They're Unfortunately, it's also impacting the rest of us. So we can either inflict more pain on them or we can be kind to them. doesn't mean we have to be in their physical presence. It just means I'm not going to beat you up for what I personally think is craziness. That's hard to do. Um, but that's the answer. And one of the things yeah. that I do, which we've had an amazingly um, high response rate to, is in my talks, my keynotes, I say, look, this is all interesting stuff. And you know, a lot of data, a lot of information, a lot of facts, a lot of things. However, unless you take some action to be more compassionate for yourself or for others, it's all just talk. So what I say is, is like, look. You want to make the world a better place? What is it? You want to make somebody uh, happy? Be kind. You want to be happy? Be kind. So what I say to people is, you want to change the world? You're not the president. You know, you're not the head of of the city. You're not any of that. So what can you do? Well, imagine that person walking to the bridge. Imagine that five-minute conversation I had with Dr. Dina Dell. Imagine all of the power that comes from compassion, from a simple, kind act. And I say, all right, take, take the Compassion Heals Challenge. Go to my website, uh, leetomlinson.com, and sign up for the challenge. Here's what it is. You commit to 
consciously, intentionally, on purpose, to do one kind act a day for the next seven days. One kind act. Open the door for somebody. That's one. Next day, um, carry a grocery bag for a senior citizen to their car. That's two. Seconds. But every day for seven days. Compassion is first a decision and then habit. So if you come I want to see the world a better place. I don't know what I can do. I don't have billions of dollars. Stop. Everybody you see walking around you has deep pain. Your kindness will in some degree heal that. Why not give that gift? Oh, and you know what else is cool about compassion? When you give it, scientifically proven, they've done tests, the person who gets it is a very high probability of turning around and doing a kind act for someone else who turns around with high degree and does a kind act for somebody else who turns. That's like a wave. So if we're kind to that one person, the majority of those people will turn around and be kind to someone else who will be kind to someone else. And all of a sudden we've got hundreds, thousands, millions of kind acts, every one of which scientifically heals us on a mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual level. That's powerful stuff. You want to make a difference in the world? Be kind. You want to heal the world? Absolutely. Be kind. Period. End of story. Oh, it's too simplistic. Really? Give it a try. <laughs> Give it a try. Right. Take I that challenge. Definitely. You will feel mm-hmm. better for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's well, you know, and what wow. I love, what I love about the challenge too is is that it you know gets people. Um, you know, aware of and, and even yes. looking for opportunities to demonstrate compassion, which is which is cool. Exactly. You know, um, so you know, that's my job. Just the raising awareness, yeah, and 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 yep. that ripple effect that you talked about is is really big yep. too. So, yeah, I mean that is well, really why I'm convinced I got cancer and I'm convinced that I survived was to simply inspire people to be more compassionate for their benefit the receiver's benefit, and the benefit of the world. Simple as that. Yeah. Well, you certainly, <laughs> you certainly created a, a, you know, more than a wave, you know, so I'm, I'm sure that it's going it, to, it's just going to grow. So, and then it's a, it's an important message and some something that we really need to, um, to be aware of today. So, well, yep. Lee, and, yeah, and this action, is really and take to, action. Take the challenge and be more kind. We'll support you every day. We're not going to sell your address or not none of that. But take the Compassion Heals Challenge. Go to the website, LeeTomlinson.com. No strings. Oh, and by the way, if you do it and you complete it, we'll give you a free digital copy of the book. How's that? Free. Well, there you go. Boy, I mean, you're just helping all around. <laughs> there. Well, why well, not? You know, I want to get the message. I agree. This isn't about making money. I agree. Well, you know, and I'm going to look forward to that documentary, you know. I mean, you know, ho- ho- sure you will, but, I mean, hopefully you'll be able to show just the um, so why the number of facets, you know, the number of ways that a health care provider yes. or worker yes. impacts not only their, their hospital and units, but also yep. their family, their neighbors, their yes. church, you yes. know. 
yes. everybody around. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So exactly, and and not only healthcare professionals, but right. everyday human beings as well. Everybody has the same power that a doctor or nurse has when they express compassion. Everybody, yeah. that person could have had gotten one smile on his walk to the bridge. One little smile takes an, a nanosecond. His life would have been saved. How would you like to go? I saw that guy walk into the bridge. Oh, my God. I didn't even know. I, I, mean, know. I saw him, but I didn't even. Oh, my God. You'd feel terrible. Well, yeah. everybody you see from now on, give them a smile. And if they don't get it, just know they're in terrible pain. And they're not. Right, but, you know, yeah. You know, and that's and that's what yeah, like I say, I you know, I've I've done it repeatedly and and it's and it's okay. You know, again, I mean if if it helps them great, you know, but I'm also helping myself in the process too. Exactly. So, well, exactly. Well you know, exactly. if people want to get in touch with you, how would they best get in contact yes. with you? It's very clever. Um just go to uh my website, uh, which is Lee W W W uh Lee L E E Tomlinson, T-O-M-L-I-N-S-O-N, LeeTomlinson.com. If you need a speaker to wake up your people to their power of kindness, Mm -hmm. if you need some books to help get it deep, or and or if you'd like to get involved with the production of a feature-length documentary on the heart science and business of compassion or no organizations uh, that would like to be sponsors of it, let me know. And you can go right there to the website and reach me personally. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time, Lee. It's really been a pleasure. I've loved our chat. And uh, I look forward to following your journey and, and seeing that documentary when it comes into being. Your lips to God's ears, I do as well. <laughs> and uh, before before we uh, release it, uh, we'll do another show. Absolutely, absolutely. I would love that. That would be great. And, Me and I'll too. go ahead and use the, the I use the direct line to to him her <laughs> and let it be known. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you yeah. very much for your time, Lee. Oh my my total pleasure. Great questions. I, I you you're very good at this and I appreciate the time. Thank you. You're you're very welcome. Again, everyone today, my special guest has been patient Lee Tomlinson. Uh we've been talking about his work, um also his book, Compassion Heals from Self Care to Health Care. And again, as he mentioned, you can find out more information by visiting his website which is LeeTomlinson.com, and that's L-E-E-T-O-M-L-I-N-S-O-N.com. And everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Blog Talk Radio. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. And until we meet again, remember to be a bright light 
by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. 